0: Hey friends, welcome to the Jessica Jones episode. As per usual, we spoil the crap out of the show. We also spoil Daredevil in several places, so if you haven't seen either of these shows yet and you care about spoilers, you're going to want to skip this episode until you check the shows out. Also, in the weeks since we recorded this show, we've had some excellent news in the form of a renewal for Jessica Jones. Netflix and Marvel are going to bring us season two, at some point in the nebulous future and we are all extremely excited thanks for listening to our jessica jones episode enjoy
1: hello this is Fangirl happy hour And this is the Jessica Jones episode. With me today to talk about this new Marvel superhero show on Netflix is my fellow fangirl Renee and KJ, our Marvel correspondent. Hello, girls. Hello. Hey. Are we excited about Jessica Jones?
0: Yes. I'm very excited about Jessica Jones.
1: (laughs) So very briefly, so we all liked it, right? Yes, yes. Yes, very much. Do we have anything critical or negative to say about Jessica Jones? Or are we? Do we is
0: this going to be a love fest? I mean, it might <laughs> end up being a love fest. That's what fest. I wanted to say. Yeah, I mean, it might. I mean, I have some things, but they're not... They're not like deal breakers, but like that's everything right It's hard to go into something and find it perfect that doesn't really happen that often oh, yeah, so, yeah. I th- so I think it has like some things that I thought could have been done or developed better but all ultimately, I think it was just one of the best formed Marvel shows I've ever seen, and one of the best shows period yeah, yeah, I
2: agree with all that I can yeah there are- I- there are totally things that I could nitpick, but they're they're pretty much just nitpicks. Um, i 'd be more uh, if we 're talking about things to criticize we could talk about some of the other people's some other people's responses to the show but ah, that's a like... that 's a different question
1: so <laughs> <laughs> definitely but actually on on that on that point i'm finding really interesting that it 's been weeks since the show was released the vast majority of responses have been overwhelmingly positive that 's true overall about the show, which is not something like Because usually with, with those Netflix binge shows, you have like a blur of highly loud positive responses immediate, right? On the first weekend, it's like, oh, this is amazing, this is amazing. And then immediately follows the more negative responses. And I haven't seen that around Jessica Jones. Yes, there are a couple of posts and... And reactions there are not, oh, this is amazing. They are more, this was actually shit. And those people are all wrong, as we know. (laughs) But they are the minority, I think, on this case. Mm -hmm. Which is different from what happened with Daredevil. I think Daredevil, there was a lot more critical, negative reviews of that show over time. I definitely liked Jessica Jones way more than I liked. Daredevil. Oh yeah. I I like Daredevil. Did you like Daredevil? I did, remember? Are you sure? Yes, I thought no, I mean, I did. I said I watched it and it was okay. I feel like
0: you might have when we discussed it, maybe you came off like, eh. It's possible. It's been a lot of months. It has been a long time (laughs) and I don't really remember much about the show. I was thinking, though, when I watched Daredevil, I wasn't really watching for the reactions. I didn't really care what fandom or the media thought about it. I did see a lot more criticism, but with Jessica Jones, I'm really invested in how it does. Because obviously we know that with narratives by women, they're judged like twice as harshly as ones featuring men. Especially when women are centered in the narrative, like Jessica Jones did, beyond the main character, because it's not just centered on Jessica. You also have Trish, and you have Trish's relationship with her mother, and the lawyer, Jerry Hogarth. So, this is a show about and hope also. women. Yeah, it's been really interesting to be looking, trying to find people criticizing it to see if that's happening at all. And I'm not really turning up anything where people are brushing it off even people who don't like it are actually going well it's doing these things i don't like but these other issues it's really tackling them well and it's been exactly fascinating yeah.
2: yeah like the feminist frequency review which was more negative than not but also acknowledged i think what it was trying to do and what it did well
1: what did they say then why um, did they not like it
2: one of the thing one of the themes that uh, feminist frequency often hits is um, the issue with violence as a tool to solve problems, and right. and they go after everything on that. But it's that's one of those things that often comes up in in her one of her themes that often comes up. Um, and she criticized Jessica Jones for that. Um, I'm pretty sure that was one of the one of the things. Which
0: is really interesting to me because uh, I thought that was way less the point. Her her using violence because the whole point is that she's got the the super strength. But she doesn't really deploy it that much. No, she doesn't. Actually, the point you
1: know, she could have killed him much sooner. Because if you think about it, it was the easiest kill of all kills in history of superhero (laughs) versus Uh supervillains. She just broke his neck just like that. Yeah. That wasn't much the point because it was easy to kill him in that in that way of course provided that she could um sustain not answering to his commands uh which she didn't know for a long time within the show which is the point of why it took so long to get there but like i said you know physically speaking he was not a powerful person so it's just it was as easy as breaking his neck but the fact that she avoided doing that because she spent so much time during the show saying that she did not want to kill him, it was never the plan she wanted to arrest him, she wanted to use him as a tool to get people out of jail uh, she wanted to he you know she, she wanted to him serve a sentence for his crimes it was never i'm gonna kill him." which is a really interesting thing, I think, in, in, in heroes within that that narrative, because the or to not kill, it was the same thing with Daredevil in a way, but his was, was moved by his being religious, mm-hmm. right? I think Jessica was moved by her sense of ethics, I guess
2: by her just, sense of justice, really. Oh,
1: sense of justice. Yes, exactly.
2: Yeah. Death was not in her... His death was not the justice that she wanted to bring about. She was... First, oh. she was concerned about clearing Hope's name. And then... Yes. I think it was... I think she even said at some point that death is too easy.
1: And I think a lot of the criticism that it show got is because it was too slow or because it took such a long time for her to get to the point of killing him. But that's... I thought that that was the whole point of her character. Mm-hmm. That she didn't want to go down that kind of, like, easy route, I guess. You know, the things that she knows how strong
0: she is and how powerful she is. And I, get, I got the thing that she just didn't want to use those powers. So it's interesting that the feminist frequency review would cite the violence. Because, I mean, it's superheroes and it's comic book violence. And so it's and always it was... going to be there, right? Although but it's it was, one,
2: it is, the Netflix shows are interesting in that I think that they do a lot more with the, they do much more brutal, I think, violence than the others do. Spe- not, Jessica Jones doesn't go as far that as Daredevil did, but. No,
1: exactly, didn't. Daredevil it had, was way more, physically way more violent. violent physically violent. I thought yeah. Jessica Jones was violent in, in another way, which was the psychological mm-hmm. violence yeah. that that was heavy that was uh, in many ways more violent than Daredevil more Mm -hmm. affecting that sort of violence and abuse that the show showed made it more difficult for me to watch than all the punches
0: if we're talking about strength (coughs) we obviously have to talk about Luke, right?
1: (coughs) yes please
0: I'm assuming that we all like Luke
1: because... I liked him so much I actually resented him for a little while What? yes I know because at the beginning he showed up a lot and I felt like oh my god I love you dude I really really love you and I felt like I really want to see him more and I resented him because this is Jessica Jones' show. I don't want to be feeling like this for Luke Cage. Like, it's ridiculous. I know. But that's mm. how my mind works. And I kind of presented. So I really liked that they had that disagreement, to put it mildly. And <laughs> he kind of, like, you know, disappeared for a while. And then it did become her show. I know this is not fair because he's connected to her so much that it makes sense Narratively speaking, that he he would be there because it is building their relationship in a really really nice way that will probably then continue in his own show. But at the beginning, like I said, I resented him being there so much because I loved him so
2: much. <laughs> I'm certainly even more excited for Luke Cage the the Luke Cage oh show than I was God. before.
1: He was so nice. He was like, great in all possible ways. Like, I don't hurt know. dogs. <laughs> oh, that's, that's he crazy. was just he was so nice and he was on break oh my god sex when they both realized that they were like super strong and couldn't get hurt that easy and I was like oh my god the release yes. the relief oh mama
2: that was so good
0: <laughs> Jesus that is one of the things that this show really got right is in that that it did the sex scenes in a way that wasn't voyeuristic but was just mm-hmm. super super hot i'm like you uh-huh. can tell that there was a lady behind this camera at some point
2: you <laughs> know it's true it was not it wasn't male gazey it wasn't like you said voyeuristic it wasn't it was great I, I really i agree it was really well done
1: and and i think that feeds into what i wanted to talk about in terms of how the storytelling of the show was so interesting because because it, it just fed us little by little of what was happening until a whole picture was formed. Because at the beginning, you see her taking pictures of him and you don't know, is he a case? What's happening there? And she's sitting on that corner, on that building. And that has meaning as well. So I, I, the whole visual clues of the show and how they, they built up to form this beautiful picture, this puzzle, was just amazing. It was better than a lot of things I've watched lately. And I just don't understand how can anyone watch this and don't realize how well done, how the story was built piece by piece there. The whole thing with Malcolm. Yeah. He just showed up at the beginning, and I was like, who is this dude, man? Is I, I, I was even upset a little bit just because... I was like so they have this uh African American black character there and he's is he just going to be the obvious um drug uh, you know drug dealer drug abuser is there not going to be any story there and how wrong was I how yeah. wrong was I because that story was amazing and it was again little by little until A whole picture is formed in the way that he just becomes an intrinsic part of that plot and such a huge part of her life. The last scene of this show was amazing.
2: I really, I totally agree with that, with the way that um, the character of Malcolm plays with our expectations of him and, uh, you know, set up as the sort of random neighbor junkie dude who... Wanders into Jessica's house and is clearly not able to take very good care of himself. And then we find out that he's actually really closely tied into Kilgrave's plans for winning Jessica back. That whole thing. Exactly, yes. Yeah. And then, you know, it turns out that he's this guy who's he was in training to be a social worker before Kilgrave messed him up. And he um, does the whole thing with the support group. And I was really afraid they were going to kill him.
0: Yes, me too. I was so terrified. I'm like, don't kill Malcolm. <laughs> I have to say,
2: one of the reasons I was really... because I didn't know I didn't know much about Luke Cage before this. I didn't realize that he wasn't basically invulnerable. That that was his power. Uh, uh, I, I didn't either, actually. So I was sort of that's a, a huge relief. Like you know, here's here's a guy who basically they can't kill off.
0: And then they almost then they then they did it right where you think. Yeah, It's a very, like, the toward the end where Kilgrave gets control of Luke and has him try to, like, beat the shit out of Jessica, and she, like, shoots him in the head with a rifle or something. Uh, and yeah. I thought, oh, God, like, what? I mean, obviously, they can't kill him off, because he's, number one, he's supposed to be invulnerable. Number two, he's got a show coming yes. up. But, like, that could fuck somebody up. And I was just really scared. Daredevil made me really nervous, because at, at toward the end of Daredevil they killed off a character who I really liked, who I thought would have been a nice line to all the other shows, kind of like Claire is. I was so mad about that. And they killed this character off. And so I was really nervous about how they were going to do character death in the show. What ended up happening is that uh, there's a lot of people who die and the, the, there's a a black cop who's close to his, like the close of his end of his career. And I think KJ, you made a point where he said, where he said he was close to, you know, his pension, I guess. You were like, shit, he's doomed.
2: And that's basically what I I, I... I literally, like, when I was watching TV and he said that bit about being, you know, a month from retirement. I'm like, okay, well, that's uh, doomed.
1: That, that's code for death, definitely. Because that's
2: that's such a... It's such an action movie trope. You're about to retire and and that means you're going to die.
0: But the thing that uh, happened is that even though there was a lot of death in the show of, like, marginalized characters... Because the show was so diverse and had so many of them, it didn't matter. Exactly. I mean, it mattered, obviously. I'm going to get some hate mail over that one. But <laughs> it's like that problem of scarcity, right? When you only have, like, one of a particular group, you kill that person off and then that's it. Then you're left with, like, a parade of white people. But on this show, this just didn't happen
2: none of the deaths. So the thing about the death in daredevil that we were talking about is it was ultimately meaningless. Mm -hmm. It didn't advance anyone's characters. It didn't advance the plot. It didn't do, it didn't provide like extra motivation for anybody. It was just this gratuitous, brutal character death, probably because they don't have the right. They only had the rights to the character for one season. And so they decided they could kill him. I don't know. But the death, The, the major deaths in, um, in Jessica Jones, I feel like they meant something. Like Wendy, that had significant character consequences for Jerry and um, significant. How how other
1: awful was of... that scene, though?
2: Oh, it was. It was awful. We
1: it did with a thousand but... cuts. Oh, I know. Oh my God, that man was such like so brutal but yeah Yeah. we'll go back to that i have a couple things to say about that but yeah Yeah. go on sorry but i feel like
2: i feel like that death and also the death of a cop had like meaningful plot consequences or character consequences they changed
0: the direction of the characters in a really significant way especially when the cop dies okay you see it coming but then maybe you don't see it coming i didn't see it coming in that way Yes. No, I didn't either. I, it was like the moment in Daredevil when Karen shoots Wesley that yeah. I, I, that I was just like flabbergasted. I was like, holy shit, did that just happen? Then this, this moment happened. I'm like, oh my God, he's gone full on dark side. I just didn't see it coming. And so with that death, it changed the course of his character. Cause I'm sorry. There's no coming back from that. Right. And then the other one was with Wendy. And it changes the entire course of how Jerry is going to start interacting with Pam. How mm-hmm. Pam's going to interact with Jerry. How the relationship mm-hmm. is going to continue. And how Jerry is going to have to change her whole life. And isn't it interesting how
1: that love triangle played out? Because, mm-hmm. you know, within with that type of narrative, usually the lover ends up being a vapid, dirty, stupid, blonde chick. And I really loved Pam. I actually really liked her. Of course, there were elements to the story that were shitty because they were effectively she- cheating on, on, on her wife. But I quite liked the character. She was clever. She was... I think she genuinely liked her. That was yeah, that sort of- scene that was pretty hot, too. Yeah. But,
2: but, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it, it played with the it, it played with the trope of the you know the the blonde secretary who's sleeping with her boss
1: exactly in yes. Some ways. yeah yes yeah. and the other death as well that I think was quite meaningful and was really interesting. I'm I'm really interested to see what you think of that. Was the Reuben Reuben's death mm. and his sister? I see a lot of people hating his sister. What did you think of
2: her? What did you think of Robin? She's not, she's a kind of character I have a hard time with, which is the sort of character who reacts inappropriately to every situation. And that's something that I find kind of, that's something that I find kind of difficult. Like, I don't know if they were like trying to code them as socially awkward or maybe even autistic. Um, I think that's
0: what I read from Robin, that she was, that they were presenting those two as non neurotypical.
2: Because she kept talking about how Ruben couldn't take care of himself. Yes. which was
0: actually really funny because i actually think that what was actually happening there is that Ruben was, was the other taking- way around. He yes. was taking care of her. Yeah. And she just spun it. She
1: just and she just lost the plot after he was gone. And i think then the relationship that formed between her and Malcolm and how he was so compassionate toward her and, and mm-hmm. even at the beginning was like was difficult for him as well. He kind of like there was that point where he almost, you know, fuck this shit. I'm just out of here. Right. And then he came back and then he became involved more and more with both Robin and Jessica in a really, uh, I thought, really moving way. I thought they were, the way that he behaved toward Robin in the end was very sympathetic, compassionate. And Mm. I... and he really humanized her character to me in the end, too.
0: It was really funny how many unlikable women were on the show.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and she, she was... was one of them.
0: And yeah, at the very, at the finally, at the end, I was like, wow, I don't actually dislike her anymore. She made oh. some really stupid choices. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. and she obviously has some mental issues, but I don't like dislike her. And I liked that the show made space for unlikable women. Yes, yeah. un-
1: unlikable, ambitious, abusive women, women who have been abused. Mm-hmm. And then you have Trish, who was a shiny beacon.
0: <laughs> I of- really love Trish. I actually like what they did with her in the beginning. Because we so see her good. when we meet her, that she's got all these bruises. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. We've, we've, we- what's your first thought when you see that happen on the show? Well, You're yeah, she like, was
1: beat up by someone, possibly a g- boyfriend.
0: And so then immediately the show subverts it. And she's yeah. on training. And I thought that was so
1: cool. I loved it. I well, it was- uh, and, and she was training not against a man either. Although I guess that the fact that she was so close to Jessica and she saw what happened to Jessica kind of like made uh, an impact. It was her mother who abused her, who bruised her growing up. So this whole thing is her taking control of her own body and of her own story. I just, I loved Trish like you wouldn't believe. It was my favorite character. The best friend who was awesome.
2: Sorry. And who wants to be a hero? I mean, you know, she's, she, yeah. you know, she's like, you know why? If you have these, you know, in the flashback stuff, when she's talking to Jessica, and like, you know, you have these powers, you should use them for good. I would totally do it. I'll do it even if I don't have the powers. And um, I found uh, an article afterwards that talked about Trish. And apparently she is, she's a comics canon superhero. Oh, right, really? Patsy, Patsy Walker, um, Hellcat, yeah. Um, and she's, you know, she doesn't have powers. She's like a super ninja type. So they're setting her up, I think. She's sort of like the stealth superhero. Oh, that's um, cool. That they're because setting up. Hopefully they're sh- setting her up to be in the Defenders also. I don't know if if the uh, if in comics canon hellcat is is associated with the defenders but
1: apparently in the originals and and in canon jessica's best friend is not trish actually it's carol denvers
2: right yeah and right. They, they
1: so they had to change that
2: right well, because she, she hasn't ha- been introduced yet and they didn't want to they want to say yes it for him, i guess
1: exactly it would have been really cool though
0: although we wouldn't
1: have had trish so difficult choice there. i will
0: take another female character and wait for carol to show up in the yeah. movies i'm fine with that yeah yeah, yeah, me too.
2: Me too. Especially a car- female character who is as great as, as Trish.
0: So, since we're talking about Trish, I think it would be interesting to talk about her relationship with Will Simpson. So, we oh, yes. meet Will Simpson because Kilgrave has mind-controlled him into killing Trish. He beats the shit out of her. And then they make up and start yep. a sexual relationship. I was like, wow show. I'm both totally creeped out. And super impressed. Because I found it really interesting that she sympathized with him because she knows what it's like to be abused and misused as a person. She let him in. Also, I want to point out that there was was six scenes there, too, that were super hot. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Yep. Super focused on the woman. I was like, yes, please. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But there was a moment in the show Trisha's to... Well, last night was great, but I didn't ask for your opinion. No, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm, t- I'm telling you. She was the best character. All mm-hmm. the snaps, all the comebacks, all the, you know, uh dude, hello, hello. I, you know, you are really hot. Quite liked our thing there in bed. It has to stay there in the bedroom. Uh let me talk to my
0: girlfriend here. You are not invited.
2: Well, you know, he keeps trying to protect her, and she keeps having none of yeah, it. Yeah, she's but, like,
0: "No, dude." Yeah. I mean, was I the only one? Kind of. It's not that I expected Will to not end up being a good guy. Oh, maybe, I totally
2: suspicious of him the whole time.
0: But like, I was I really wasn't. sad for her, right? Because yeah. I mean, she she had her mom, and obviously, her mom was super abusive, which the show directly addresses several times. But I was like, I was kind of like, again, this is happening to her again. Mm. Yeah. and it was just really disc- like I was just like what rotten luck but it's kind of it's kind of what women deal with right sometimes when you're trying to yeah. just make your way in the world you never know when somebody's just gonna snap it's really hard and I thought that that was really well done but also just really super heartbreaking for her to have to deal with it again and use the things that she had taught herself to protect mm. herself from somebody who was supposed to care about her
1: yeah but I think he still did care about her the way I read what happened to him is that he was under the control of this, of the meds, of the pills. Yeah, he was of the pills. I don't think and the it's doctor. him. I don't think it's him at all. Although he I chose think, to go back, like he was. I know, but maybe he, because was so. I think he was so obsessed with killing Kilgrave. Again, which
0: was which was, was anti ethical to what Jessica wanted to do. So he was ignoring and, both Jessica and Trish. To that is to, true to go after his own agenda which is something we see men do all the time
2: yeah and, and, and
0: it's very badly for him which okay. i think is but he disappears
1: right so the question that mm. i have for you is that do you do we think that this whole storyline will come back in the cage as the main villains
2: <laughs> you want will to become a villain yeah I think, well i well i think will would make a good villain actually yeah uh, i mean i don't disagree yeah. Uh, it'd be. I think they would. I don't know. It's possible. I mean, they certainly left it up in the air for it to come back, either. Exactly there, because they are.
0: They are definitely connected.
1: Connected with despair, experiments. Mm-hmm. Luke Cage's powers come from being experimented on. Mm-hmm. That was a. Th- yes, yeah. that's what he
2: said. He said so. Yeah. Okay. We yeah, don't know about who.
1: No, but I think it's connected to, the, to this group who is doing all of this super serum shit that Simpson took. And and then, because then when he took off, he took off with the files that his wife had. So it's the same group who was doing experiments on Kilgrave, I think, were the ones that did experiments on Luke Cage and are connected with this army, whatever.
2: Who is also strongly implied is also the people who gave Jessica her powers. No, that's- but she said she said it was accident though. No, but she she woke up in the hospital after the accident with her. Powers. Oh yes, that's and they, true. And the vials that Trisha's mother brought them said that that same oh, organization yes. paid I her hospital. About that. I think that it's it's pretty it's strongly implied that they're yeah. all connected. But we don't know. So we we know that Luke's powers are likely connected to Kilgrave. We, what we don't know is if there's a connection between. Uh, I wish I could remember that group, but anyway, the organization that paid for. Jessica and, that that gave Jessica and Will their powers, if that's the same, or if that's something else. Yeah. I think we don't have enough information to say that, but it might be. It well, might you
0: know be. what would solve this problem? If Netflix and Marvel would order a second season and announce it, you know now. But, the, you know, it, that's true, because Daredevil was
1: immediately renewed, uh-huh. right, for a second season. Why with do less, they always do that to us? Was the same good bullshit
0: with Agent too? Carter? Yeah. We'll probably be waiting months before we hear anything. That's Although, because Daredevil got renewed immediately, but like with Agent Carter and now Jessica Jones, we're probably going to be waiting and waiting. Yes, and waiting. forever. Not that I'm bitter or anything about the fact that dude, hero shows get prioritized by Marvel or anything. I guess the
2: theory is they want to figure out the Defenders first, but I don't know if that's But what. I mean, if
0: they're having a second season of Daredevil, surely they had sure. like a they- game plan. Mm-hmm. I'm just really curious because now we're getting into the we're we're getting into Luke Cage. So the next is who's next? I forget. Iron, Iron Fist, right? Is after
2: Luke Cage. Luke right, Cage is yeah. filming now and then Iron Fist is after that. They haven't they haven't announced any casting. No. For Iron not. Fist yet. But yeah, that's the one that's after Luke Cage.
0: I just want all these people to be together on their own yeah. show. It'd be it'd be gross <laughs> Because I loved it when Jessica and Luke teamed up. They mm-hmm. they didn't do it a lot, but when they did no. it was so great. <laughs>
2: Even if they don't end up romantically together, which I think would be difficult, given what happened with Luke's wife.
0: The comics are confusing, on because I have the trade, which I haven't started yet for Jessica Jones, but I was talking <laughs> to my comic guy about it, and he was like, oh yeah, in the comics, she and Matt end up together, and it's not a healthy relationship at all.
2: I could see that.
0: <laughs> and But from what I know about like other comics canon, and I don't know what the MCU is going to do, it could be totally different. Is that Luke and Jessica do end up together, and they have a baby, and then yeah. there's some weird stuff that goes down with Iron Fist, whose Danny, his name is Danny Rand, and it's mm-hmm. like, a, because according to fandom, it's like a that's like an OT three thing, kind of like a leverage ah. situation. And so, I'm really curious to see what the MCU ends up doing with the comics canon in in that way. I would totally be down with Jessica throwing Matt around a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I could get behind that.
2: Yeah, I can't see them having a relationship, though. I think that would be. I think I can totally see them having
0: a relationship, but it would be super fucked up. Train wreck, and I mean, sort of fun to watch, but the fallout would be really interesting. So I'm really curious to see what they end up doing with that.
2: I don't know if this is the perfect segue, but I've been wanting to talk about it with Jessica. So Jessica's personality is really interesting in many ways, and it's so different from most uh, the way women are off- are usually characterized on television. One of the things I really liked about the show and getting to see the flashbacks to Jessica before Kilgrave and also to a little bit to her childhood is that we learned that she was sort of always this difficult person, always sort of a little bit hard and a little bit not playing well with other people, a little bit lonerish, a little bit. um, And that's not because of her PTSD or what happened with Kilgrave. That's just who she is. Yes. Like she's allowed to just sort of be that kind of person. Cause like you see it in her interactions with Trish and you see it in her interactions with her family before the accident even happens. That's true. So actually, it's not, yes. she's allowed to be a sort of difficult person without it only being the result of trauma. I mean, yes. certainly the trauma doesn't help, but I mean, it, it probably made those traits stronger in her, but they were yeah. always there.
1: I don't want to say that she's an unlikable character because obviously she was liked. Yeah. Right. Sure. She was liked by Trish. She was liked by her family. Mm-hmm. It's just that she's difficult. I like that word difficult, as long as we don't use it in a with negative connotations, because right. people can be difficult without being sure. horrible people. So and it's it's absolutely fine. And this I agree with you. It's one of the things that I like the most. It's just the way that she was. And of course, then after going through what she did with Killgrave, then maybe those things got ex- exacerbated to a point where she then might have become unlikable. But as a result, maybe, of trauma, of everything that she went through.
0: She's not unkind. We see that. In no, the fact she's not. That...
1: No, because she kept taking care of Malcolm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: She watches Luke. And she watches Luke because obviously she had the situation with Luke's wife. But I also think it's because she worries about the consequences of her actions against the people who were that woman's family. Mm -hmm. And we see her caring in unhealthy ways sometimes. Mm -hmm. But she cares and that's... She has empathy. She cares about hope. She cares about the people she can't seem to save from Kilgrave, even though she's this difficult person and she's sarcastic and off-putting sometimes, and her humor and the way she interacts with people, but that, that's it's okay to let her be that. And mm-hmm. so often we just don't see women get to be that kind of character. That's a that's a dude role. The smoky, alcoholic, snarky,
1: difficult asshole. It's usually a guy.
2: And, and I... the lone wolf thing is also usually a guy thing that, you know, I can't be close to anybody. I can't oh, yes. near me. That's a real, and that's, it's a trope that I'm really s- sort of tired of in male superheroes, yes. but it didn't bother me with Jessica. And I think At it's all. because it's different to see it. it. It's different to see it when it's a woman, the
0: context changes everything when it's yeah. a woman, because you have to deal with the fact that women move through the world differently, superpowered or not, they move through the world differently. And so because she has to move through the world differently, it changes how the trope works on her. And it's, I just think it came off brilliantly. I thought they did a wonderful job with it in showing how messed up she was, but how those things that made her that type of person weren't just a result of her being raped.
2: Oh, and the whole smile theme, you know, that kept oh, coming back. wow. That was, you know... And the the showrunner has explicitly said that she... You know, she's talking about that thing that happens to women, where they're told to smile all the time. Yeah, and she was directly addressing that with you know all the times when Kilgrave tells people to tells women to smile and and when he tells Jessica to smile, um, Jessica. Yeah.
0: No, Anna. No, don't do it. <laughs> I don't know. I have only really ever watched David Tennant on Doctor Who. That's really all I know him from. Mm-hmm. And so this was a really weird scenario to, like, situation and role to see him in after watching him on Doctor Who where he's, like, bouncy and happy because in a lot of ways Kilgrave is bouncy and happy but he's terrifying. He's, like, terrifying. a metaphor for every misogynistic, entitled uh-huh. dude that I've ever had to deal with. They did so good on casting him because mm-hmm. he's not physically imposing he's just, <sighs> he looks like a regular guy he's not a, it's like he's not a model. He doesn't, like, tick off these, like, buttons that you would have and, like, sometimes that they do with villains. Like, they make them super attractive and yeah, whatever else. But with him, he was just, like, he was just, like, a regular guy and that makes him more terrifying because he Mm -hmm. inhabits a space because most of the abusive guys are just regular guys. They don't have to be huge and physically, like, looming over you to be terrifying the casting did a really good job putting him in this role and making him scary as hell without sacrificing the fact that he's kind of likable in some ways that's what makes it gross <laughs> i feel like see i feel like the doctor can be terrifying
2: and um david tennant played that those moments when the doctor tripped over from you know there's these moments where you know he's on the verge of doing something really terrible and really unleashing the power that he has i can and and david tennant played those moments so well that i knew he was going to be the perfect kilgrave as soon as he was cast he has that, he had that he showed that capacity as the doctor and so to actually play that kind of role as kilgrave it was definitely there
1: i actually only saw a few episodes of his doctor who ever but i've watched a lot of other things with him broad church is amazing actually if you ever want to watch a tv show about a the type of character that jessica is but with a guy and the guy's david lieutenant so uh, but it's really good it's um a crime the crime show crime mystery it's really good but what i was gonna say is that do you remember renee um when we were to, Oh, i think you too uh, kj about when we were talking About villains, Marvel villains, Mm, mm -hmm. how they were the biggest letdown of the Marvel movies so far because they haven't been that interesting or terrifying or of note at all. And when I was watching this, I thought to myself, this, this is a villain. This Mm -hmm. is a real, this is the most terrifying villain of all that I have seen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and all the TV show it was beyond anything every single thing that he did was horrifying terrifying, and the prospect of he, what he could do was all the more so and that the the whole thing the way that he built the house for oh, Jessica yeah. was so creepy. And the fact that he didn't see it because, you know, he wasn't using his powers to do those.
0: Well, I can't. The problem for me was that he was funny. And that made him super scary. Yeah. There was a Mm -hmm. moment where Jessica takes him out to solve a hostage situation oh yeah and so he goes in the house and he rescues his family and he was like okay blow your head off or something and just yeah. like what he, she's like that's not hero behavior and he's like well god uh, he's like i'm i'm doing a service and, <laughs> and yeah. that's 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 the problem right in some ways that he is not he's just like a he's just like a funny funny dude and that's terrifying because uh, and, you know, like, we all know a guy like that who's super funny mm-hmm. and can be charming, but it's also an abusive dick.
1: And I think they did really well because there was that whole episode where they built up around those hard questions because he has that side that is personable, there is. You can empathize with him and they showed a little bit of his childhood and how hard it was, how horrible it was that he was experimented on. And, you know, who didn't feel pity for that child? It's impossible not to. And then they ask of Jessica and the audience, all of us, should we empathize with this guy? And... Would it be possible for him to use his powers for good if he had someone next to him at all times? And Jessica, I think, you know, at one point might have crossed her mind. I will sacrifice myself in, in true heroic style. I'm gonna sacrifice myself for the great, you know, for for the greater good. And but then in the end, it, they pull it all back, and they mm-hmm. take that away because it's just like no. No, this guy's a fucking rapist. This guy's an abuser, and no, we are not going to do that.
0: It didn't become like an excuse for his behavior. It, it was a yeah. reason no. for it, but it the show never went okay because he was abused like this. That means what he's doing okay. No, they never the show never does that, which I think was really important. Mm-hmm. So important to show yeah. that he was oh. still ma- like he had cho- he had places where he could make a choice to continue his behavior or be held accountable and almost every time he was faced with a situation in which he had to make a choice he chose to hurt people and yeah you don't like yeah. even if you were abused as a kid you're still able to make a choice and every time he made the wrong one
1: well yeah. there was the very clear Clear-cut conversation between Jess and him, and then it's exactly that that point that she makes, and she says, "You know, my parents died. You don't see me raping anyone, mm-hmm. you know." So, and I love that the show used the word "rape" so strongly right there. That's what it was. That's the word we are using, and I think that brings us, I think, to the main point of the show. The survivor story, right? The uh, the abuse story, because at the end of the day, that's what happened to Jessica, and that's what she's trying to shed. That's what she's trying to get through. And then he comes back, and everything comes back to the fore. And she tries to to flee. That was her first reaction: just pack and go. And then she decides to stay and fight. And I just I can't understand anyone watching this show and not seeing this and not th- feeling.
0: This is a survivor yeah. show, though, right? I mean, yeah. every character, every character, Jessica and Malcolm and Trish and, and Luke as well, and because Luke, he, yeah, and you're you're seeing the stories of survivors, and that's so hmm. especially in genre because last well, you know we've we've gone into this whole gritty is good situation. So it's really rare to see situations where the survivor stories are centered and they're important and it's not necessary to center the abuser at all. Mm -hmm. And this show does that so well. And I think some of the reason that some people might be not connecting with the narrative is that our culture doesn't tell survivor stories. And they yeah. we, we demonize people who are victims of violence, sexual violence especially. And so if you're inside that culture, you get a story like this, you're just like, well, what's the big deal? Especially if you're not trained or practiced in empathizing with victims of violence, whatever yes. the violence might be. When the show first debuted and we were watching it, there was a lot of reactions going around Well, like, this is, this is not good. This is bad storytelling. This may be feminist, but it's still bad. A lot of these reactions I saw coming from men. And I feel like maybe the nuance got lost. And I think I actually saw on Twitter, I was like in the Jessica Jones tag, I don't even know who this person was. I was like, well, me and my girlfriend watched it and we both hated it. And she's a woman, so she gets to say that. I'm like, well, sure, but she's also living in a extremely misogynistic sexist culture that puts way more pressure on her to sympathize with men's perspectives so i'm not actually surprised if women who watch this show don't empathize immediately or understand it because not all women have the same experience no yes Mm -hmm. and so that was like my biggest confusing like my biggest confusing moment for me was just like people were like well it's just bad i'm just like no that's the that's like that's what i hate when you have stories about women and they're centered and they're important to the narrative and it's their story. They just, the whole thing is written off, but you have a story about a dude and there's flaws and whatever, but we still get to talk about that one. We still get to critique, critique it and unpack it because it's about a dude. But when it's about a woman, it's just all bad. And that's like this whole narrative around Jessica Jones. It really irks me that we can't even have, have a discussion about it because the, in some corners people are just like, well, it's just bad. Meanwhile, in three months, then something's going to come out and these same people are going to be like, oh, it's Bad dude! it's brilliant. Oh, I guess it has these flaws. That's, that's fine, but it's still brilliant.
2: It would be, I would compare, I'd be interested to see how these same people felt about Daredevil, which um, is a similar show in many ways and has flaws. And if they're able to forgive it, it's flaws. And not forgive Jessica Jones, what they see as it's flaws.
0: A lot of the critiques I saw that didn't really engage with what the tr- show was trying to do were mad that Kilgrave weren't, wasn't more centered. And I'm just like, there's a reason that he is not centered in the narrative. He is the abuser. Why would you center the abuser in a narrative about survivors? And- yeah. Because that's
1: that's what people are used to seeing in every single epic fantasy, in every single fantasy novel. Not every single, but, you know, a lot of those. Where where you have rape, it's from either the rapist's
2: perspective Mm-hmm. or from someone, not the woman. And I don't even, they're not even, I mean, it's not even true. Kilgrave is not centered, but, you know, we certainly learn plenty about him. We get his tragic backstory episode, and, you know, we see that that, yes. uh, that scene between I- him and Jessica from, you know, where where he thinks that she stayed on her own volition. So it's not like he's this voiceless character. We know what's going on in his head. So I don't even think that, I mean, I won't, the narrative doesn't center him. The narrative centers Jessica, which is, and the other survivors, which is good and important. But it's not like the, the, the Kilgrave is like a, an empty character or not an important character.
1: But don't you know, he has to be the
2: center of the
0: universe.
2: Even though the show is called Jessica Jones.
0: Even if the show is called Jessica Jones. A lot of people, women included, don't know how to empathize with other women. I could see, if you don't know how to do that, the show being really a hard sell and boring Mm -hmm. because you have to be able to empathize with these characters or it's not going to work for you.
1: One of the other criticisms that I've seen is that it's too slow and it takes a long time to get there. And I felt from the start that, yes, because this is the story of Jessica Jones' Survivor it takes a while to get where you're going because that's how it is. That's how you survive. That's how you deal with this shit, man. It's not easy. And that scene that um, you just mentioned, I think was my favorite scene in the entire show. 18 Mm. seconds of freedom because it showed how the same thing looks differently depending on your perspective and depending on who you are. So he saw that 18 seconds of freedom as her being there because she wanted to. Whereas for her perspective was pure hell because she had a chance to look outside and see the freedom. But because it's not easy to get out of an abusive relationship, 18 seconds is not fucking enough, people it's not enough to get away
0: from the fog the narrative actually reinforces the, sur- the survivor narrative because we see a, we see what happens in like the whole if you look at the whole season as a, a long arc you can see like where she'll succeed and then she'll backslide and she'll succeed and then she'll backslide and that's yes. recovery that's yes. how it works yeah. and, then, and so from somebody who's not familiar with how recovery works or how Recovering from post traumatic stress works. What you see is just the show resetting. It just looks like the show resets, but that's Mm. that's not what's happening.
1: That's that's
2: the word that
0: they use a lot in the criticisms. Like the show is resetting. No, that's just how survival. That's just how recovering from trauma works. You end up back in default mode. That's what my therapist calls it. When uh, and I've gone through this myself with just anxiety and depression. I'll be doing really well. I'll be getting better, and then something will hit me, and because I'm don't have... I'm not trained. to have it. learned how to incorporate dealing with that stressor into my life. I am I get pushed back. I end up back in default mode where I'm just surviving. And it's frustrating as hell. And if you're watching the show and you're not frustrated, well, there's something wrong with, with how you're viewing the show. I don't even know how else to say it because that's how survival works. That's how getting better works. It's not a, a straightforward process. There are bumps and diversions and starting over sometimes from the very beginning and it's it's frustrating and it should be frustrating that's what it's like going through trauma and recovering from trauma if it's not frustrating to you rewatch the show with that in mind
2: yes it just occurred to me that when we were talking about significant deaths on the show we totally forgot hope which is I don't like thinking
0: about hope it's so it's so sad it's just so fucking... it is
2: and it's, but it's you know, it's interesting in that you know her death was it was her making her own choice, yes. about what was important, and you know that she wanted to see Kilgrave dead more than she wanted to live herself, which I don't know if I've ever seen anything like that on on a show like no, this before. And,
1: and right after her having an abortion,
2: which is also well. something you never see on never television, seen. yes. Ever. Ever
1: not even well not without at least a bunch of people trying to get her to keep the baby and and people coming and trying to stop her or people coming and trying to diffuse the situation Mm -hmm. and have lots of religious speeches and or family stuff. No straightforward, everybody like helping her. Jessica and the lawyer everybody knew what she was doing yes absolutely like so
2: empowering i thought so
0: have we ever <laughs> seen that happen on tv i
2: i cannot I... think of a television show where somebody like what had an unintended pregnancy in the last i don't know i, went, I don't think i've ever seen a show where it even like came up that was, was when it wasn't like the point like there was that tv movie about abortion that was like everybody either you know, the people who got an abortion, things went terribly for them, and the woman who decided to have her baby, everything was fine. So it's all like, so it's, that's kind of, that's kind of the narrative trope. Now, you know, admittedly, Hope came to a tragic ending, but it was for completely other reasons.
0: Yes. If we saw things in our media, normalized, there'd be a lot less drama over it. Stories are how we engage with the world, and so when we're seeing stuff in stories that's become tropes, become cliche, become normalized. When we see that stuff in real life, it becomes normal. It doesn't become an issue. There's... We're way more able to look at situations with nuance. And I just really... This, the fact that Netflix and Marvel decided to go this route and have that narrative, this narrative where Hope gets to own her own body yes. after mm-hmm. having it controlled by... A strange man who Mm -hmm. decides to use it for his own ends the fact that she gets to choose is so fucking powerful and I really feel like we just need more of these these the shows about women having ownership over their body and their choices and their lives Mm -hmm. and that's what Jessica Jones does and that's why I love it so much agreed yep and also Luke Cage
2: he was awfully pretty.
0: There was that like scene with him in a towel. Mm. I was okay with that scene. And mm. we get
2: a whole show of that. Can he be oh, in a towel the whole t- time?
0: <laughs> you could also all wear suits. I, I don't think I can handle. <laughs> so maybe I can. You we won't know. know until we try. We need to do, exactly. we yes. need to do experiment. some investigation. Like an experiment. Yes. yes. 13 episodes of it. All in one night. <laughs> Except, not KJ, because she doesn't Binge shows anymore?
2: I I binge shows when I I can binge shows when I watch them by myself. Yes, that's. But uh, oh. my husband does not do the binge watch, and he watched this oh, one with. Me, so yeah, my, to... my
0: partner doesn't either. Zach's like we had to what? spread it
2: out several nights.
0: You want to do what?
2: Well, <laughs> Although I've... we did get
0: pretty far, uh, I will admit that Zach this time did did give uh-huh. it his did give it all. He made it through like what I think five or six episodes before he was like, I'm done.
2: Yeah, we got three episodes the first night, and then it was two episodes a night until we finished. Oh my
0: god, I don't know how 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 you deal
1: with that. <laughs> I I only binge. That's the only way of doing TV for me, and thank God Russell is the same thing. Except <laughs> if,
0: except if it's me, I'm just like Anna. You have to watch Agents of Shield week to week. You're welcome. Yes,
1: <laughs> oh God. So this guy that does Luke Cage, what's his name again? Mike Coulter? Coulter, Mike Coulter. Yes, He's on the good wife. That's how I met him. Mm. Okay. I quite like him. There's well. but he's a kind of like, a. he's a, not kind of like, he is a drug dealer mm. that tries, tries to go legit. So this is why he goes to the main um, law firm to get their lawyers, you know, to do lawful things mm-hmm. for his unlawful business. Mm -hmm. And he's quite cool in that. Very terrifying because you never know what he's going to do. That's how I met him. He's so big. He's so tall. So, Mm. so tall and wide.
0: Which is actually why I'm kind of glad they cast Kristen Ritter in this role.
1: Because she's tiny, she's right? She's so, tiny.
0: Because in the comics, like if you read the comics, the size differential is just hilarious. It's hilarious. So I'm actually, <laughs> I mean, I would really like to start seeing larger women, women who aren't stick thin, women who look yeah. like me. That would be great uh, on TV shows. But I'm actually kind of really happy with the casting for this because I think it calls back to the comics and a really visual the visual
2: way yeah. yeah oh can i make like one actual legit criticism of this show yes um the very f- one of the in the very first episode when jessica is spying on the apartment building oh the fat And she makes oh, the fat my God. Yes. and that was just like i was like oh no are we really going there with this show and thankfully i don't think it ever happened again
1: no it never. But which is
2: hit, so for a show that's so sensitive about so many other things to take that sort of lazy cheap shot at the fat yes. woman was like especially in a show that doesn't have you know it it isn't going to center you know larger people in the narrative in any kind of you know there are other you know there are other larger characters who are treated sympathetically later a few of them but it's just not yeah that really that jarred me Um, and I actually know know at least one person who stopped watching at that point because they just weren't ready to go they they weren't expecting it and it jarred them out and they're like okay not watching this today yeah it was really
0: to me I was just like oh I was watching it with my partner and my mom and I was like oh no why did they do that and they just both gave me this look like oh because <laughs> I because I mean and, uh, another day I might have just been like okay I'm not gonna do this now and I would have come back to it later I mean, maybe they were trying to kind of like make her at the very beginning like establish that she was not like an like a not hmm.
2: a nice person always yeah and I'm just i was just like but did they have to go to there? Yeah.
0: There's other ways to do that without dehumanizing other people, which yes. is yes. in a show that is, spends most of its time trying to humanize people. It's just really strange. It yeah. was
1: completely out of character for the show, I thought. Right. Because it might it have been in character
2: just... for Jessica, but it was out of character
1: for Jessica. Yes. Show. It was this yeah. one off thing.
2: And to do it so early, you have the, UN you yes! to setting a tone. If it had happened in like the ninth episode or something, that's a little bit different because by then the show has already established its credit as a show that's going to take women and people of color and, and people seriously. So if you have the throwaway there, you know, it's still annoying, but it's not as, as bad.
0: Yeah. My criticism of the show is actually the end and how abrupt it was. She takes care of, of Kilgrave and she's out of jail and she's back in her office and people are calling her for help. Like I didn't really feel like that was the line was drawn enough between her taking down Kilgrave and people wanting her help. I guess oh, it okay. felt kind of yeah. rushed in a way. Yeah, and I was just like, wow. I would have liked it if maybe she could have done something heroic earlier in the show and gotten some notoriety for it. But I realized that they had a specific narrative they were going for, and it might have been hard to fit it in. But I just feel like there could have been more a better through line to that moment at the end where people are asking her for help.
2: And I actually, I literally could not tell whether she was like, Oh my God, won't these people just leave me alone or, huh? Okay. I can do some good here. I really couldn't tell what she was, what she was approaching it with.
1: I I don't think she, I don't think she knew at that point either.
2: Uh I
1: think this is what then Malcolm comes and he makes kind
0: of like a decision
2: to answer the phone. Yeah.
0: I mean, I'll be okay if season two with her figure trying to figure it out, and Malcolm could be her sidekick. Mm-hmm. But, he, but that's... Isn't that where they are
1: going? Because that's my... That's my that's inside my head. Well, that's I need Canada. a season
0: two. <laughs> like, I need <laughs> that to happen, like, right now. It's it's Jessica Jones and her sidekick, Malcolm. Because I don't want Trish to be her sidekick, because I want Trish to be her own superhero.
2: Yes. Yes, no.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And best Malcolm friend. Can be,
2: you know, Malcolm can answer the phones and, and uh, console the clients, and 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 do it's interesting actually as we have malcolm who to do the emotional work
1: exactly he's going going to be the one being the sympathetic one reaching out helping people and she's gonna be the one punching
2: things exactly and that's that's the team that's how they work as a team and
1: that's perfectly fine with me i also love the doors (laughs) how she just like the doors the door kept being broken she was like "Eh, who cares
2: well, it's because she doesn't. She knows she's not safe, even when the watch. She doesn't. Show.
0: Yeah, she doesn't. The need door to... is a metaphor. The door yeah. is a very large metaphor. <laughs> it's so cool. I
1: mean, this show is so awesome, guys. <laughs> I need to watch it again. I'm, I'm talking to you, and I'm thinking. do You know what? I think I'm going to watch it again. I would not watch Daredevil. I think I'll watch Jessica Jones
0: again. That says a lot. So, do we have final thoughts?
2: I guess the other critical response, and I haven't, I've mostly been seeing actually not this response, but people pushing back against it, is the idea that because we have Jessica Jones, then that means, that somehow means that Supergirl is no longer relevant. Um, so they're
0: totally, I just don't understand this. They're totally different shows.
2: They're totally different shows. They're totally, the tone is completely different. The, the, what they're trying to do is completely different, although they have some interesting commonalities too. And I actually just read a really good article on Comics Alliance that sort of points out many of the things that they do similarly. I don't know how caught up either of you are on Supergirl, but... Um, I'm really behind. Okay. Gonna, but
0: I, the, I watched the first episode.
2: Okay. The main thing is that the main sort of similarity is that they both center women's stories and not just the hero, but the people in the hero's life. You know, the most important people in Kara Danvers' life, many of them are, you know, her sister Alex and her boss... Um, and her mother and her, her aunt. And there've been, you know, it's just, there's a lot, there's more women in the story and their relationships are important. And both shows do that in somewhat different, but in also somewhat similar ways.
0: I just don't understand how.
2: Well, it's cause there's women. There can be only one.
0: People don't see that (laughs) pattern. you know? Yeah. Like it's two thousand fifteen, guys. If right. you're making an argument that we don't need this one show with the woman because we have this other show with a woman. Right. Why can you not see the problem with that when you can you have a zillion shows with dudes that right. often cover the same premise? Right. You
1: have nobody says that about Arrow and the Flash. You, never. 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 Another thing that I saw is like why didn't she just kill him? And I'm like, you know, does anyone say that to Batman? Why doesn't he just kill the Joker?
0: No one says that ever to Batman. Because that dynamic is interesting because it's between men. Mm -hmm. Of course. As we know, we have some ways to go for women in media. (laughs) But Uh I think this is a great addition to the canon. I'm extremely excited that this exists. And I really hope we get a second season. And many more.
2: And I'm looking forward to seeing her back in the Defenders, too. Oh, yes. To see how she, to see how she plays with the team. Oh, boy. Uh-huh. That'll be entertaining. <laughs> oh, that's going
1: to be Especially awesome. Especially when the
2: team is, like, you know, Daredevil and her ex-lover whose wife she murdered. Awkward. <laughs> Just a little. I do wish there had been stronger connections with Daredevil. Claire having Claire back was great I really liked what they did with her but overall it didn't feel like it was happening in the same place mm-hmm. and it was suppo- and it's supposed to um oh. I actually I watched Daredevil just last month in preparation for Jessica Jones coming out because I figured you know I'd heard that they weren't super connected um but I still wanted to you know to see it and and have the connections in my mind and it just didn't make them really at all
0: I wish it had some of the Characters come and cross over more. Like, I really think there would have been a space for having Foggy show up. Yeah. Or Marcy. Or even just
2: reference it. Like, you know, reference the fact that half of Hell's Kitchen blew up six months ago. There was not even any like this failed gentrification plan. Like, there was, you couldn't, you didn't see like empty lots with signs on them. Like, you could, they could totally have just done some visual storytelling or just, you know, there were a couple of references to the Battle of New York.
0: Um it did more but, visual storytelling in Daredevil, I noticed, than they did. it did in Jessica Jones.
2: Which is interesting considering that it's a show about a blind hero, but anyway. I they could've done they they could have done more to make it feel like the same place and the same universe.
0: Maybe Luke Cage will pick up on that and give it mm-hmm. give it more.
2: Given that Luke Cage was in this show so and so important to this show, I have a feeling they're gonna feel a lot more connected. Yeah. Just because of that.
1: I hope so. And didn't you think it was hilarious how they kept uh, referring to the Avengers?
2: <laughs> like the
1: guys, the, the, the big green guy and his team.
2: Yeah. Or the, you know, get the, get
1: the,
2: the Boy Scout or whatever she or whatever she referred to Captain America.
1: Yeah. So we established that we all loved Jessica Jones. And you all must watch it if you haven't already done that. If you have watched Jessica Jones, what did you think of it? Let us know. And we will include the usual links in the show notes. And see you next time. And thank you, you two, for being here today with me talking about Jessica Jones.
2: Thanks for having me back.
0: See you later, guys.
1: Fangirl Happy Hour is Renee Williams and me, Anna Grelo. Renee is also our producer. A huge thanks today goes to KJ, our awesome Marvel correspondent. You'll find links to some of our discussion topics in our show notes at fangirlhappyhour.com. You can email us at fangirlhappyhour at gmail.com. You can also find us on Tumblr and Facebook at fangirlhappyhour, one long word, no spaces. You can chat with us on Twitter at Podcast. Anna is also at Booksmugglers and Renee at Renee. Our music is by Boxcat Games. Our logo is by Very Talented Era. You can commission them at justera.tumblr.com. For both myself and Renee, thanks for listening. See you next episode.